Welcome to Messy Closet, the spiritual journey of Generation X. I'm Roseanne Carlo, and here we explore the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and the lessons my friends and I may or may not have learned. Thanks for joining me for this new episode, and of course, my thanks to Soundtrap and Podbean for making this happen, and to all of you who tune in. Really makes my day to just keep talking and you keep listening. I do love it. We got a lot of celebrity news out there that I wanted to touch on a bit, but first, if you are from Westchester County, the southbound hutch is closed because a tractor trailer that's not allowed on the hutch carrying 42,000 pounds of frozen french fries strikes a bridge and spills fuel. Now, if you don't know the hutch, that is the Hutchinson River Parkway named after Ann M. Hutchinson in Westchester County. It basically starts in Westchester County right where it meets the Bronx and then it goes all the way up into basically the middle part of Westchester County. And it's two lanes on either side. It is cramped as hell. Back in the day, the 70s, 80s, and 90s, literally, even into the early 2000s, they used to shut down parts of the highway for drag racing. And I don't mean the police. I mean, like, cars would just stop and just, you would think that there was an accident, but then you would realize there was nothing. There were no police cars. There was no EMS, no firefighters, and you were just sitting in traffic for an hour because they would just stop traffic and drag race. So it's got very low bridges because the lower part of Westchester is quite quaint and bucolic in the way that it's designed. So tractor trailers are not allowed on this parkway because they can't fit under the bridges and they say it all the time and now they've painted it in huge letters no trucks no trucks no trucks but what happens is these truck drivers see that the hutch is a shortcut th- off of 95 and they don't know the area they see that it says no trucks they obviously don't know why and now there's 42,000 pounds of frozen french fries gone so we are about to have a french fry shortage people that sucks. Thank you, thank you to that truck driver who I know has caused a huge problem now in Westchester County because you needed a shortcut. Thanks, dude. Thanks. Good looking out. There's some absolute craziness going on. So I'm checking out PerezHilton.com and the first thing is that Priscilla Presley is insisting that she's keeping her family together, or at least trying to, after contesting Lisa Marie's trust, which went to her oldest daughter, Riley. And, you know, I love you, Priscilla, but I think that maybe just respecting her wishes and, you know, all of that would be a good thing, but who knows? I'm actually quite surprised by the move, but it is what it is. So John Legend and Chrissy Teigen had a third baby on January 13th, a little girl named Esty. Wow, that's so cute. And John Legend said that Esther was his grandmother's name. So that's really sweet. 
I like that name. I think it's adorable. SD Maxine Stevens. Welcome to the world. Now, Britney Spears went off on Alyssa Milano. I know some people might not agree with me, but I agree with Britney. I mean, obviously I'm talking about her here, but I feel like if you're going to use her name, like she said, do what women do, lift each other up instead of tearing each other down. I don't really think it matters who feels that Alyssa Milano was not bullying Britney Spears. I think it matters that Britney sees it that way. And I think that that's what being a decent person is all about, is seeing it from the other person's point of view and giving an apology. So Alyssa Milano tweeted, someone please go check on Britney Spears. And Britney wrote, it saddens me to see things about me from people who don't know me. This definitely feels like a form of bullying. Ladies, we are supposed to be rooting for one another, not pulling one another down. And I like it. I agree with it. And then related to that is that Jennifer Lopez said that they wanted her for the kiss between Madonna and Britney Spears. Christina Aguilera was there too. I think there was one between her too. And that is a really interesting thing to say. But I honestly couldn't see Jennifer Lopez doing that. And related to that, Leah Remini did not go to Jennifer Lopez's wedding, but went to Mark Anthony's. Now, I met Leah Remini years ago and her husband when I worked in Little Italy at Cha-Cha's in Boca Lupo. And I said this in a past podcast, but Cha-Cha was Tony Danza's boxing manager before he hit it big on Taxi and basically he became his business manager or some part of his manager after that with Who's the Boss and I guess some movies and stuff after. And it worked for him and Leah Remini came in with her now husband and this was over 20 years ago. She was honestly lovely. Her husband was really nice and they left a really nice tip. And on the flip side of that, she worked with Alyssa Milano on Who's the Boss? And then she was on a show called Living Dolls before really making it big with The King of Queens. And I knew someone who worked on the set of Charmed and alluded to the fact that Shannon Darty might have been kicked off the show because of Alyssa who this person then described to me as an inferior actress to Shannon Darty, and that Shannon has so much experience, knows where light should be, it kind of, you know, wants to make sure everything is perfect, is a complete perfectionist within herself, and very professional, and I think that bothers people and this person who really, you know, notices everything from how long I've known them said that, you know, she really should have stayed on the show and she was just a light that was, you know, removed from the show. So who knows? I mean, I loved Alyssa Milano on Who's the Boss and on Charmed as well. I just loved the whole show. But as we all know, things go on behind the scenes. 
like I wasn't there. I'm just telling you that blind item and that's what I know about that situation. Okay, craziness, right? Beyonce and Jay-Z's former alleged bodyguard says that he never signed an NDA and he can't be bought. This is also according to Perez Hilton and he's talking about like all of these different things that they have allegedly done and people that they've stepped on and he didn't really name names but he said something about like substances and ruining careers so if you don't follow Perez Hilton on TikTok go ahead and do that or just check out this video because it is weird now way back close to 20 years ago I was in the same room as Beyonce once. We were in the same shoot apartment at Bendel's in New York City, and she was looking for her personal shopper, and she seemed really sweet and kind, and she was absolutely gorgeous, like stunning in person. And this is when she was part of Destiny's Child. But who knows what changes from then until now? Who knows if this guy is telling the truth or not? But we shall see. So Pamela Anderson has a new Netflix documentary and this is amazing because she's also got her book that just came out that I just downloaded onto Kindle, Love Pamela, and I was watching all of her interviews and she wrote the book completely by herself. You know, her sons, both of them, especially Brandon in that interview, handsome, put together, well-spoken, smart, what an amazing woman Pamela Anderson is to have two amazing sons who love her so much and speak so eloquently about her. I was always a Pamela Anderson fan. I loved Baywatch. I will admit it. I loved watching them fight crime and save lives on the beach. I thought it was just a brilliant concept for a show. David Hasselhoff really just gave us something with those red-orange bathing suits that no one else in the world could have given us. And it was fantastic. And I'm excited to read the book and watch the documentary because I thought she just had such an amazing career. I loved Barb Wire. I don't care what you guys think. I really think that she's an amazing actress. And then she had that show called VIP. Do you guys remember that? So this show ran from 1998 to 2002 on USA, and it only got 4.1 out of 10 on IMDb. I used to watch this too, and she played a character called Valerie Irons, a hot dog stand employee who accidentally saves a beloved movie star from an overzealous fan, and she becomes mistaken for a highly skilled bodyguard and she is approached to serve the now famous face of an elite bodyguard agency renamed VIP Valerie Irons Protection and her employees who are all bodyguards are model-esque type women. Just in case you guys know, that's breaking huge stereotypes, okay? And it won a Daytime Creative Arts Emmy Award for Outstanding Single Camera Editing. And the theme music was composed by Frankie Blue. Now, 
she played Valerie Irons, Miss Pamela Anderson. And there was a great actress who played alongside her as Tasha Dexter. And her name is Molly Culver. And back when this show was on, so it must have been sometime between 1999 and 2001. I know I was on Long Island. Can't remember if it was the Hamptons or Long Beach, but I think it was the Hamptons. And I met Molly Culver in a bar with my friend. And we were hanging out and it wasn't one of the more expensive, high-priced bars. It was really, really a relaxed bar. She was very tall, very pretty, and she was just hanging out by herself. And she walked over to me and my friend. She said, hi, I'm Molly. And we introduced ourselves. And I said, Molly, you look familiar. And she said, yeah, I'm an actor. She said, I don't say actress. I like to say actor. It's more universal. And I said, I know, and I, I can't really put it, like, put it, my finger on it. Like, where and what have I seen you in? And she said, well, do you know the USA channel? I said, yes. She said, do you know VIP with Pamela Anderson? I said, yes. She said, yeah, that's me. I play Tasha. And I'm like, oh my God. Because, you know, they were so glammed up for the show, but then they were doing these great bodyguard moves and things. And honestly, she was an incredibly kind and sweet person. So yet another good celebrity story. And she was gushing and gushing about how amazing the cast was, especially Pamela Anderson, and how lucky she felt to work with her because it was just like fun in a professional setting. And, you know, she just described her as being like so, so bright. So it was really cool to hear that. And I've had such random run ins with different celebrities over the years, but I do remember that one, and yeah, she was really nice, Molly Culfer. So, there's a lot going on, really, with all of this celebrity news, and most of what I've talked about is because these celebrities, to me, meant something to me in the 80s, the 90s, of course, the Hutch, the Hutchinson's River Parkway means something to me because I spent my life stuck in traffic on that parkway. <laughs> And of course, just a few days ago, Oprah Winfrey celebrated her 69th birthday and she was actually voted one of the least favorite or most hated of 2022. And she had a star-studded birthday. Jennifer Lopez was there. Kim Kardashian was there. But noticeably absent were Harry and Meghan Markle. And I don't know if that's because they kind of backtracked on things that they said in this bombshell interview and then Oprah was on air defending herself because of the interview. Now, I have a few feelings on the interview. Number one, happy birthday, Oprah. God bless that you made it to 69 in good health, glad you had a good party. And I have to say, kind of glad that Oprah didn't invite the Markles and give them any more validation because they're just annoying and whiny and it's like too much. 
and they're trying to spin PR things about why Meghan is not on the book tour with Harry. I'm shocked. But I think that my personal opinion, having dealt with narcissists and stuff, is that she pushed him to write all of that stuff and then backed away claiming embarrassment and humiliation. And maybe she is, and maybe, you know, that's part of the reason she, you know, I, I just feel like she's got like something planned, like like some kind of divorce, but I think she wants to keep the title, which I don't think they should because we don't have royalty in this country and I don't want to have to recognize that in anyone. I'll recognize it in the UK whatever other country has royalty, but not here. We fought against that and coming here and using a title like that to make money and sell out your family, someone else's family. It's just ridiculous. So they didn't get this invite. It was a snub. And I think it's because of all of the backlash because the first one to open everyone's you know, hearts and minds, let's say, to Harry and Meghan was Oprah. She gave them this huge platform, and it turned out that some things were not true in the interview. Some of the things Harry wrote in his book, too much TMI, talking about people like chess pieces. These are not good things. And then Meghan Markle specifically using the word racism to Oprah, and then when being asked about it, Harry answers, she didn't say that, that was the British media, but it wasn't because the American media was saying it too. And I just really think that the whole thing has gone too far, but it, there needs to be some kind of like consequences. And I mean, the consequences are a drop in popularity. Maybe they won't be able to keep a $14 million mansion. I'll tell you something, if I had $14 million in the bank, I'd be still living like I do with $14 million in the bank. You know, I don't want to like bleed water. I've done that before. It's terrible. And I mean, I understand. I know. I know because I, I grew up wanting to be in designer clothes with great hair and makeup and walk the red carpet and have my picture taken and you know, be an actress, whether it was on stage, which was my true love, or film or television. But, it, I mean, I guess like, yeah, the money would be great, the time off would be great. But for me, it would have been about the art. But for her, it seems to just be about like the status. As Pamela Anderson is like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm fine. I can do this and this and I can't, you know, won't be living in a castle or a mansion or something. She said, I'm paraphrasing, but she's like, I'm fine. And that's the thing. As long as you have a roof over your head, why do you need six bathrooms with two people or and two small kids? You know, why do you need 10 bedrooms? What, what are you doing? And then I read that you know, Harry wants his entire family, the whole royal family who has engagements planned out, year, you know, a year in advance to just fly to California and talk to him. And I really just think that it's incredibly disrespectful to put his importance above everyone else's. And I think that that's why people are starting to turn on them. His popularity's at like negative 45. She's at negative 36. I'm shocked. She's just you know, even that high. And 
it's just, yeah, I understand wanting things, but again, when is enough enough? I had a very smart client. I taught her Pilates and she happens to be the granddaughter of one of the wealthiest people who helped build the railroad system in the United States. And he made this material that helped made the steel strong enough for the trains to ride over it. So his name is Henry Clay Frick. So if you've ever gone to the Frick Museum in New York City, it's incredible. It was his home. And she actually took a friend of mine and I on a private tour. And we got to go into the basement and bowl with an 1800s bowling alley, like where you had to walk down the lane and you put up the pins yourself and this gorgeous mahogany wooden I guess slide whatever it is the the ball return but it was above ground not below ground and it the ball would just roll and there was a curl at the end of the wood it was amazing how well this was made and not a lot of people get to see this unless you know one of the family members or you work for the museum there was a pool table down there as well and I know that they were undergoing renovations to put in a dining room because they wanted to be able to offer more to the public instead of them leaving to go to restaurants they can keep the revenue for themselves and the museum is quite amazing but she said to me ultimate power corrupts ultimately and ultimate greed corrupts ultimately and that's the thing that I think is going on here and this is a woman that was raised with money this is a woman that told me you know that the NRA has been one of the biggest lobbyists of Congress since they started and you know it's just basically all about money and more about her family you can see this on the History Channel her brother was the governor of Arizona. So in 1997, UFOs flew over Phoenix and Fife Symington was the governor at the time. This happened on March 13th, 1997. And all of these people were saying it was the biggest craft they had ever seen. So he was trying to make light of it and he had one of his staff come out dressed as an alien in handcuffs like I took care of the problem I took care of the problem but now he is admitting that there were lights over Phoenix that night so it makes you think about um, Roswell a lot too because it's right there in the southeast you know they're very close oh I do know also from my client that Fife spoke to Donald Trump about his re-election and I don't think the conversation went the way way, uh, Trump would have wanted. That's the impression that I got. And just because my favorite billionaire isn't having an easy time, I'm going to leave you guys with this blind item from January 6th, 2023. Just days after I told you it would happen, the celebrity CEO slashed prices on his cars in this very populous country. He has to, so he can compete. It won't do any good though. And that is Elon Musk, Tesla, and China. So, dude bought Twitter and all his money 
turned into those little birdies and flew away. So yeah, this is me philosophizing the celebrity news. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Messy Closet. You guys are the best for listening and don't forget to keep art and keep love alive. Mm-hmm.